But it's the time of the year, the reason for this series first, it's the time of the year that we typically hit pause on our life. We hit pause and we start evaluating our life. We start looking at our life and we start, uh, begin to set some goals. We begin to look at some things that we want to prioritize. We want to get some things in place. And, and as I've been praying and thinking about this series and also just some things in my life that it, going into 2020, some goals that I want to have, that I do have, and some things I want to get in place. Uh, I would say this, you don't want to sit like 20 goals, you know, Pick like two or three and stick with those. And sometimes just one, just stick with that one, right? And one that you know that you can accomplish. So we hit pause and we're looking at our life and we're, we're trying to figure all this out, what we want to do. And, and as I'm thinking about this, I was thinking about uh, a few years ago here uh, at Life United Lake Charles. Uh, we, we did, uh, we, 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 we polled the church. If you were here, you might remember this. We polled the church and we would put questions out. I think it was during Easter. And, 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 and so uh, it was during Easter we would do this. And then later on we would do a series called You Ask. So we'd look at all the questions that people would, would bring and would give us. And they were pretty interesting questions. But there was one that really stood out to me. I've never forgotten this question. And the question was this. It was, how, how do I balance serving God with my family, work, relationships, and hobbies? How do I balance serving God with my family, my work, my relationships, and hobbies? So on the surface, it seems like that's a really good question. Because you're, we're saying, I've got a lot of pieces in, in my life. I've got a lot of stuff going on. And how do I somehow make them all fit? Or we could say it this way. How can I find balance in my life? Have you ever said that? Have you ever looked at your life and go, excuse me, I'm just way out of balance here. I'm just way out of balance. Has anybody ever felt that way? And then you're trying to find balance and you're trying to get balance and you're trying to make that happen. Has anybody ever struggled with that one? Well, I'll say this to you about, about balance. What if we were chasing something that's really not even possible? What if, what if we were just going through life and we're, we're, we're trying to find balance and we're trying to achieve balance in our life? What, what, if, what if that's really not even possible? Like the writer of Ecclesiastes, what if we're just like chasing the wind? Anybody ever chase the wind? You're not going to catch. In other words... Balance, ladies and gentlemen, is really not going to happen. As a matter of fact, for a Christ follower, if you are a Jesus follower, how many Jesus followers do we have in the house this morning? How many, how many do we have here? Trying to find balance in our life is the wrong approach. Because the truth is, life has nothing to do with balance, but everything to do with order. For Jesus followers. Again, how many Jesus followers do we have in the house? <laughs> so, so for you and your life, life is not really about balance. It should be really about order. I want to talk to you this morning for really one of the greatest discoveries that you will ever make. And it's the principle of, of, of the first. As a matter of fact, as I've studied this and I've studied it for several years and looked at it for several years. And I found this. I found that the principle of the first is, is from the very beginning of the Bible all the way through the end. You can find it. Old Testament, New Testament. All the way throughout the scriptures you can find that. One of the earliest places you can see it is in Genesis chapter 4 verse Verses three and five—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's by a lot of people, a lot of Christians. It's—it's it's very confusing. This moment is very confusing. It seemed like God was just very unfair, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's about two brothers by the name of Cain and Abel, and about offerings that both of them brought. Genesis chapter four, verses three and five. It says, "At some time, Cain brought some of his harvest." 
excuse me, after some time, Cain brought some of his harvest and he gave it as an offering to the Lord. Isn't that a great thing? So Cain, he's bringing his offering at some time. He, he brought it to the Lord and he, he gave it to the Lord. And it says, then Abel brought the first lamb born uh, to one of his sheep, killed it and gave the best part of it as an offering. I mean, isn't that awesome? Both Cain and Abel, they both gave offerings. But watch God's response. Here's God's response. But the Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering, but he rejected Cain and his offering. Why would he do that? Why would God reject Cain? Here's why. Because Abel brought what portions from the first. He brought portions of the first. His brother didn't. It says just whenever he got around to it, whenever uh, Cain got around to it, he decided to bring just whatever to God. And that is the reason that when God, uh, Cain brought his offering to God, says, I'm sorry, Cain. It's not that I don't want to receive that. I can't. But to Abel, he said, you know what? I will receive that offering because what? Listen to this. Everybody listen, please get this. Order matters to God. I'm going to say it one more time because you guys about shouted me off the platform when I said that. Order matters to God. Thank you. It does. It, 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 it matters to God. And, and so Jesus, he steps in, in, into the, onto the planet and he, he's teaching this stuff. He's talking about the first, the principle of the first. And so that, that's the reason that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he said, seek what? Seek what? Not second, not third, not fourth. Seek what? First, God's kingdom and what he wants. Why would he say that again? Why would Jesus come and say, look, if, 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 if you want to be a part of what I'm doing, you got to put what? God what? First, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth. He's got to be what? First. Here's why. Here's why. Jesus said that. Jesus said that he communicated that because Jesus knows that, that whatever is first affects the rest. Whatever is in front affects the rest. So you can say it this way. Whatever is first influences the rest. So it's reason Jesus again here, he said this. He said, seek first God's kingdom and what God wants. That's order. Put him first, but look at the next part. Verse 33, then all your needs will be met what as well. First is order, the second is influence. God said this, if you'll put, Jesus said, if you'll put God first, what? He will influence the rest. He will affect the rest. Is there anybody here this morning that would love to have more of God's influence in your life? Well, then you got to forget about balance and start thinking about order. Because you remember, I'll never forget that question. Look, and if you're here I, I, and you wrote that, please do not be offended, okay? But I looked at that and at first I thought, that's a pretty good question. Then it dawned on me and went, no, no, that's not a good question. Because, because, because listen to me, listen, here's, here's the deal. We, we don't fit God into our life. He's allowed us into his. Can I have a better amen than that? 
We, we, don't, we don't fit God into our life. He is what? He's allowed us into what? In, in his. So as a Christ follower, your priority should be your order. So when we're rolling into 2020, we're rolling into these 21 days of prayer. You're looking at your life. Don't think balance. Begin to think what? Order. So Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25, listen to what Jesus, he said again. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple. It, we, we do realize that, that the, the term Christian was not used during the time that Jesus walked and talked on the earth, right? So, so he would refer to people that were in love with him, that wanted to, be a, that he, that wanted to allow him into their life and wanted him to be first. He called them disciples, He called them disciples. So with that being said, how many disciples do we have in here? Thank you. So Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and what? Follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will do what? They'll find it. So of all of the ways Jesus could describe, the way that he, the relationship that he would have with his disciples, he said, my disciples need to learn to what they need to follow me. He didn't say that by accident. He said that on purpose because he said, if you someone, if you are following me, that must mean you're behind me. So he didn't say, you gotta, you got, whoever wants to be my disciple, they've got to deny themselves. They've got to uh, uh, take up their cross and hang out with me. Let's do life together. He said this, whoever wants to be my disciple, they have to deny themselves. They have to take up their cross and they have to do what? They have to determine that I am first. Thank you, Pastor John. This is a great message. This is so awesome. So, so awesome. So, how many in this room want God, wants Jesus to be first in their life? Anybody here? I'm glad you responded the way that you did because I came prepared hoping that you would respond that way. All right. So, if you want Jesus to be first, number one, you've got to learn to say no. And, and you were like, I was so hoping the final message of the year, the final message of the decade was going to be encouraging. I wanted to laugh a lot on this final Sunday. Well, you may laugh, but it may be painful laughter. I don't know. So the word, the word, and going back to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, here's what Jesus said. When Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. God has learned to say what? To say no. Pastor David said this a moment ago, and I love the way that he said it because I believe it. You see, when we are denying ourselves, we're saying no to things. When we do that, what we're actually doing is that we're making room for somebody else. One of the things that I love to teach in leadership that's so important about leadership and in life is that whenever you say yes to something, by default, you have to say no to something else. 
You can't say yes to everything. There are times that we have to learn that we have to deny our what? Sales that simply says, say what? Say no. I'm not going to be first. I'm not going to be the most important person on the planet. No, God is first. God is the most important. And here's the reason. Here's the reason. There's only room for one in front. Listen to what Matt Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He said, no one can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and you'll despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. Here again, Jesus said, saying this, there's only room for one at the front. So we've got to determine in our life, we cannot say yes to everything. There was one day that Jesus was teaching away. He was teaching away and he was, uh, people were inspired. And there were some people that said, all right, Jesus, I, I, I really, I want to follow you. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be a part of all of this. And Jesus uh, said, that's great. And but verse uh, Matthew 8, 21 and 22, it says, another said to him, uh, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead you look at i mean jesus obviously didn't uh, read the book how to win friends and influence people because that wasn't nice it wasn't nice because the dude stands up and says hey i want to do this i want to be a part of i want to be a follower of yours and jesus said hey i'm sorry that's not gonna happen because the guy turned and said, look, look, here's what I want to do. He, I, as soon as one day I'm going to get around to it, Jesus says, no, that's not the way this thing works. Your father or what you want to do cannot be first. I've got to be first. Why would Jesus say that? Because he knew, he knew that if Jesus, if he was first, he could influence everything else in that man's life. The wisest man on the planet in Proverbs 3, 6 says, in everything you do, put God what? And he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Another one of my favorites in the Bible is a guy named Peter. How many, how many likes Peter? I've said this so many times and I believe it every time I say it. Um, uh, if Jesus will let Peter hang around him, we've all got a chance. Amen. I mean, I mean, Peter was constantly messing up, but Jesus just didn't give up on him. Aren't you thankful that God didn't give up on people, that Jesus doesn't give up on people? I mean, he rebuked Jesus one time and he, I mean, but he just, he was just, Peter was just kind of a messed up guy, but finally he got it straight. Aren't you thankful that God, again, that God doesn't give up on us. He, he just stays with us and he keeps working with us. And so the first encounter that Peter had with Jesus was uh, after a long night of fishing. So Peter was, uh, Peter had been uh, fishing all night and, and, and he's, he's with some of his crew. He's with some of his workers and he's cleaning nets and he's working. And as he's working, he's hearing this guy over to the side preaching. And I don't think he pays much attention to him he's cleaning out the the plastic bottles out of his nets and all that stuff and anyway he's cleaning all that stuff out he's cleaning all that stuff out and then he hears he hears someone over to the side say hey peter looks up from his nets and what he's doing and he looks and the guy that had been speaking is actually standing in his boat and he says whose boat is this peter says it's mine this is my boat Jesus said, hey, will you help me? Because I'd love to finish this message, but I need some help. Would you get in this boat with me? And hey, by the way, don't forget, make sure you grab your net when you come with you. 
Peter grabs his net that he'd just been cleaning after being fished all night. And there was stuff in there. Peter, listen to me, stopped what he was doing. He said no to what he was doing. And he went and said yes to what Jesus needed. Anybody remember what happened after that? Jesus gets out and he preaches this great message. And as soon as he gets through preaching this great message, he turned to Peter and he said, okay, it's time to fish. And Peter said, but Jesus, we have fished all night long and we hadn't caught anything. But if you tell me to go fish, I'm going to say no to my past experiences and no to my knowledge and what I know we should not be doing. And I'm going to say yes to what you want. And guess what happened? Jesus filled his boat. You put him first and he will influence the rest. Can somebody say amen to that? But you got to learn to say what? No, 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 no. The next thing, if you want to be a follower of Christ, if you want to be all in and you want him to be in front where he can influence your life, you guys, please, please stay calm when I say this. Please, all right? But you've got to be willing to sacrifice. I'm so glad you said that, Pastor John. That is awesome because I've been thinking about sacrifice. I actually think about it all the time. But listen to what, listen to what Jesus said. Listen to what Jesus said. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, Matthew 16, 24, he said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciples, they must deny themselves, and they must what? Take up their cross and do what? They must. The word take up their cross, for us 21st century folks, we don't really get that. I mean, we, 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 we read it in the Bible, but when we think of cross, we don't really think of cross the way that Jesus and the, those who were he was speaking to and, and, and he was communica- communicating to there in that moment. That they thought of the cross completely different. Here's why. Here's why. They lived, they lived in, under the oppression of these really, really tough people called the Romans. And the Romans had this great empire and it spread all over the place. And one of the reasons that it spread all over the place was that they were very, very hardcore. And, and so hardcore that if they had any enemies, you know what they did to them? They just didn't throw them in the prison. They crucified them. And you know the way that they crucified them? They hung them on a what? A cross. So when Jesus said this, and, and the, the, those that were in, in, his, at, in his environment and, and around there, when he said that, he knew exact, they knew exactly what he was talking about. Because when Jesus said, uh, you've got to take up your cross, you've got to follow me, what he was saying was this, you've got to be willing to do what? You've got to be willing to do a sacrifice. But, well, let me just say this. I don't know that the disciples really got it as well as Jesus did when he said that. Because Jesus knew the cross was going to be in his future, right? But, but Jesus knew the cross to him was going to be more than just a wooden thing that he was going to be hung on. To Jesus in his heart and his mind, he knew that the cross was going to be an altar for him. Not just a cross. But he knew it was going to be a what? An altar. And then uh, uh, this guy named Paul comes along several years later. 
And, and, and Paul said this, right into Christians, Romans 12, 1. He says, therefore, I exhort you, uh, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, watch this, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, uh, uh, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. So he's writing to Christians and he said, hey, Christians, in view of what God has done for you, I encourage to, you to offer your bodies and make your bodies a living sacrifice. What was he saying? He was saying, ladies and gentlemen, Christians, there are times where you're need to going to get on the altar. And you're going to need to be willing to make sacrifices. I remember in my early years of ministry, early years, this is, I'd probably been in ministry one, maybe, no, it was only about, about a year, something like that. I prayed these prayers. They were like, they were like crazy prayers. I would pray prayers like, Father, I will do whatever. I'm willing to lay my life down. I want to do, fulfill your purpose for my life. I want to, to, I'll do whatever, God, whenever. Do you know the crazy thing about prayers like that? God actually believes that we mean them when we pray them. Because I would pray those prayers, God, I'm your servant. Here I am. I will do whatever. I will serve you whatever it takes. God, he heard John's prayer. And you know what God did? He answered. And it was during that time that, that I was in Bible school and, and we were broke. We didn't have any money and we didn't have money to pay for my Bible school. And I, um, I, I, I was believing God for the money to finish paying for my Bible school. And so there was a guy in our church. His name was Rusty. And Rusty was an entrepreneur. He had several different little businesses, one of which he had uh, a rural truck route, so a, tr- uh, a, a trash route. So he would drive through uh, Shangaloo, Louisiana, up north Louisiana. There's nothing in Shangaloo, just a bunch of woods and a few people. And he would drive around uh, and he would take people's trash and, and he would haul it away for them. So Rusty calls the church one day and, and, and I, uh, actually the pastor uh, had answered the phone, t- had taken the call and he said, hey, Rusty called and wanted to talk with you about his, his trash business. And I, in my mind, when he said that, I thought, oh, praise God, Rusty is calling and he's going to write me a check out of his, uh, that account and, and, and uh, my, God's going to meet my need and it's going to be great. So I call Rusty, I'm all excited. I say, hey, Rusty, this is John. I heard you call and was looking for me. He said, yeah. He said, hey, Pastor John, I, 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 I've got this idea. And I said, really, what is it? I'm thinking he's going to write the check. What's the amount? It's going to be exciting. And he, he said, Here, here's, what, here's what I need. He said, you know, I have this trash right. And I said, yeah, I know. I think it's great. And I'm thinking, just give me the amount. Tell me, tell me when the check's going to be here. He said, well, actually, I need some help. And, and I was wondering if you would want to work for me. He said, I only do it one day a week. It's on Monday. And I'd love for you. I'd love it if you would just come and, and help me out if you're available. And, and honestly, on the inside, I'm like, no, John's not, John's not hauling trash for what? Nobody. It ain't going to happen. And you know what I did? I did the Christian thing. I said, Rusty, I'll pray about it. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm not going to pray about it. I already said, no, I'm not going to do it. So, so I hung up the phone and, and, and I'm telling you, as soon as I hung up the phone, there was something on the inside of me. There was something on the inside of me. And I know it was God that said, you need to take that job. And I said, no, 
You know, because it was like in those prayers in my prayer closet before, I had crawled up on the altar, and I'm, I'm on that altar. It was one of those altar prayers. I'm saying, God, I'll do whatever. And when he said, this is what I want you to do, here's what John was doing. John started crawling off the altar like, no, no, I'm not. How many times do we do that? How many times do we say, God, I'll do whatever, I'll be whatever, I'll sacrifice whatever for you? How many times do we do those altar prayers? You know, we got 21 days of prayer coming up. And I, I'm, I'm wondering how many of us in those 21 days of prayer are actually going to have those altar kind of prayers where we're saying, God, I will give anything, I'll do anything. I will crawl up on this altar for you, God. But then crawl off the altar when he really believes that we really mean what we're praying. Are we going to pray those risky prayers? Are we going to learn? Are we going to learn to say to say no to some stuff? When, when it comes to fasting, are we going to learn to say? Because that really, that's what fasting is. Fasting is, is, is saying, God, I, I'm I'm removing. I'm saying no to caffeine. I'm saying no to coffee. Help me, Jesus. I'm saying no to sweets. I'm saying no to the, my, my internet time. I'm saying no to being on my device constantly. Father, are we, are we going to pray those safe prayers like, oh, Father, just bless me, bless me, bless my family, bless my church, bless my pastor, bless my business. Are we going to pray those prayers where we're saying, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And when he answers we're going to stay on the altar. Let me ask you. Let me, let me ask you this question. Do you want his influence? Do, 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 you want his, do you want his blessings? Do you want his grace in your life? Do you, want his, do you want to hear his voice clearly? Do you want to have his mercy? Do you want to have his anointing? Do, do, do you really want that? Well, in order for that to happen, we got to say what? No. And we got to be willing to do what? Get on the altar and stay there. Because I'll never forget. I'll never forget. When I stayed on that altar, 430 every Monday morning for one year. 4.30 in the morning, I got up, I went and got on that truck, and I hauled trash for one year to pay for my Bible school. You know what happened? There was a death that took place in John Welch. Something died. Here's the point that I want to make. If you want some things to come alive in your life, there are other things that have to die first. That's, that's a great message. It's got to die first. As I wrap up this morning, and some people in this room are probably like, 
Oh, praise God, I'm glad you're wrapping up. Well, I've only got about 30 more minutes to go. <clears throat> if you want Jesus first, if you want Jesus first, you know, if you want Jesus first, you've got to keep him priority. You've got, you got to keep him there. You've you got to create that space, but you've got, you got, you got to keep him there. There was a couple that was, were dating, <clears throat> and every time that they would go out on a date, you know, this guy had a truck. Every time they would go out on a date, she would just sit up right next to him. I mean, she would slide over, had one of those bench seats. She would slide over and everywhere. I mean, they just looked like one person when they were going down the road. They were, they were that close. So, they, 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 of course, they're in love and they got married. And, 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 and so 20 years later, they're sitting at a red light. <clears throat> they're sitting at a red light. And they're, they're, they're looking at this truck in front of them. And there was this younger couple that were in front of them. And so, so, so the, the wife from the passenger side of the truck, this 20 years later, from the passenger side of the truck, she said this. She said, why don't we ever sit like that anymore? And he looked at her and he said, I don't know. I'm not the one that moved. <laughs> kind of drifted to the other side of the truck. <clears throat> you know, we can do the same with God. We, we, we can do the same with God. We, we can say no and go through those seasons, months, or maybe even years, saying no and creating that space where that, that only he belongs. Because again, the reason we say no is there can only be one at the front. There can't be two. You can't serve two. Either you're going to serve you or you're going to serve him. There can't be two. Maybe, maybe you've, you've prayed those prayers before <clears throat> and you, you crawled up on that altar and when God responded, man, you stayed there. You know, there, there are times that are, they're, they're easy sacrifices. Then there are times that there are other sacrifices. I'll call them Isaac sacrifices. You know, Abraham, Abraham took his, his son, Isaac up because God said, let me just see how in love you are with me. Let me see if I'm really first. God had no intention of Abraham in killing Isaac. God's not a murderer. But he was sure wondering if he was willing. He wanted to know. Do you know, today's blessing may be tomorrow's sacrifice. Think about that. Today's blessing, something God's done for you today, he may ask you for it. So maybe there are points in your life that you, you passed those tests just like Abraham did. You passed those tests. You did good. Then there came a point where you look around one day and you go, man, I've drifted. God hadn't gone anywhere. But I've drifted. I've moved to the side or I've gone to another place. Jesus is speaking to the church one day. <clears throat> and he's complimenting them. He said, you know, you, you're, doing, you, you're doing all these amazing things. You're serving. You're serving in the kids. You're serving in the youth. You're greeting. You're, you're doing a great job. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's doing all these incredible things. In Revelation 2.4, he said, yet I hold this thing against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. 
In other words, you've just drifted. What Jesus is saying is, come on. Don't, don't keep drifting that way. Come on and give me back the place that I want and the place that you really want me to be. Because if Jesus is in front, it's going to make your life better. You're going to be a better husband. You're going to be a better wife. You're going to be a better employee. You're going to be a better employer. You're going to be a better parent. You're going to be better. Because his grace helps you be those things. His mercy helps you be those things when you make a mistake and when you mess up. His favor follows and will help and cause doors to open when it doesn't seem like they should ever open. So the question this morning is, who's first? Who's first? Because he can't be second. It's not that he doesn't want to be. He can't. Because it wouldn't be the best for you. So who's first? He said, don't visit me, follow me. Don't hang out with me, follow me. Then you'll be my disciple. And this is a hard message to preach. It's probably a hard message to hear. I know it's a hard message to hear because I've been hearing it for about the past two weeks. So I've been working on this message. It's a hard one. But I believe as we're getting ready to step into these 21 days of prayer and fasting, we don't need to be praying these safe little prayers. We need to be praying those altar kind of prayers. We don't need to be focused on what we want and what we just need for our life. We need to learn to say no to some things to make room for God, make room for him. Because there's only place for one in the front. And that's Jesus. Father, we love you. We bless you.